Good morning. Welcome back. I feel like I haven't seen you guys in a few weeks because I haven't. Um, thank you all for your prayers and, and concerns and thoughts. Um, I am very happy to be uh, back to, well, what's normal for me um, and not in the hospital. I am almost 99% fully healed and very happy to be uh, with you all. Although I cannot complain, the uh, U of M hospital took very good care of me. The food was actually really good, and I had a nice window that looked out on a courtyard, so um, I cannot complain too much. But um, I'm much more happy, though, to be here with all of you. Um, so it is Ascension Sunday, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, do we have other announcements for you this morning? Uh, just a reminder, next Sunday I will not be here. I will be at annual conference. Um, I have to stay a little bit longer uh, because Sarah is the registrar for annual conference and uh, got to help her get all her stuff taken care of and, and brought back. Um, but Dave, are you planning on being here on next Sunday? Okay, so Dave hopefully can give you uh, any updates or information about annual conference. Um, hopefully this one will be good, but not overly controversial. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Um, but, uh, but so you'll have that next week as well. Uh, we'll delay communion until the 12th, um, and then we'll keep going from there. So anybody else got anything? I feel like I'm probably forgetting something. Oh, well, we'll figure it out. All right. Um, so that is what we're working with this morning. I'm going to hand things over to our liturgist, and she's going to get us started with our worship service. Good morning. I said I didn't have an announcement, but I do. Don't forget to sign the pew pads. I know we need to start getting back into this habit so that pastor knows uh, our weekly attendance and then the worship committee can continue on. Okay, at this time, I invite all of you stand if you are able, and we will recite the call to worship. The Lord is robed in majesty and armed with strength. The Lord has made the world so sure that it cannot be moved. The Lord is robed in majesty and armed with strength. Ever since the world began, your throne has been established. You are from everlasting. The Lord is robed in majesty and armed with strength. Mightier than the sound of many waters, mightier than the breakers of the sea, mightier is the Lord who dwells on high. The Lord is robed in majesty and armed with strength. Your testimonies are very sure, and holiness befits your house, O Lord, forever and forevermore. The Lord is robed in majesty and armed with strength. I invite you to stay standing, and Teresa will introduce our first praise song. 
Good morning. And if you are able, yes, please stand with us. Our first song is number six, and we will sing that together twice. And then following that, please be seated. And we have a special anthem to share. Um, and I wanted to thank all of our musician participants. We appreciate your help. And also on our anthem, our soloist will be Nick Fournier. So thank you for that. Lift your name on high, Lord, I love to sing your praises, I'm so glad you're in my life, I'm so glad you came to save us, you came from heaven to earth to show
Well, speaking of being lifted up, I invite you now to stand if you're able. We will repeat our affirmation of what we believe in, and then if you are comfortable, after the opening prayer, I invite you to stand for the opening prayer. Holy God of every time and every place, you gather us to hear of Jesus. Help us see your infinite life in our own community and in all creations. We pray in your holy name. Our affirmations found on page 885 in your hymnal. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is the one true church, apostolic and universal, whose holy faith let us now declare. We believe in God the Father, infinite in wisdom, power, and love, whose mercy is over all his works and whose will is ever directed to his children's good. We believe in Jesus Christ, Son of God and Son of Man, the gift of the Father's unfailing grace, the ground of our hope, and the promise of our deliverance from sin and death. We believe in the Holy Spirit as the divine presence in our lives, whereby we are kept in perpetual remembrance of the truth of Christ and find strength and help in time of need. We believe that this faith should manifest itself in the service of love as set forth in the example of our blessed Lord to the end that the kingdom of God may come upon the earth. Amen. For the gifts of Jesus' life, death, resurrection, and ascension, and for the privilege of offering the fruits of our hands, let us give thanks to God with what we have this day.
Please rise and join me in our doxology. Gracious and giving God, you are the one who first has given to us all that we need for life. Guide us to use what we now gather for the well-being of your church, for those in need of shelter and food, for all who suffer for want of your word, and for nurturing faith in your people. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. You may be seated, and it's time for our youth moment. I'd like to invite our youth to... Come hang out like right there and I'll be there with you in a second. Right here-ish. Oh, hopefully pastor can get back up after that. So how are you guys doing today? Good. Everybody awake? Do you all have your coffee? No. Uh oh. Well, you yeah, you should be. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Okay. Uh, no, I think if I gave you all coffee right now, your parents and grandparents would be very unhappy with me. But. <laughs> So, <laughs> so, speaking of being happy, today is Ascension Sunday. Do you guys know what that means? Yes. Okay, this ought to be good. Go ahead. What does it mean? Ascension Sunday. Okay, what is it? I'll give you half credit for that. So here's the thing. Ascension Sunday is the day that we celebrate when Jesus ascended back into heaven. It would be the last time that the uh, disciples would really get to like hang out and get to see him and stuff. But, and that, that sounds sad, right? We're sad when, when we don't get to see people and they leave, right? That, that's sad. But in this case, they were really happy they were filled with joy. And so when they left where Jesus had been with them, they went back praising God. They went back to the people. They were all excited. They were sharing all the good news. They were jumping for joy because they knew that that meant that Jesus was back in heaven and that everything that he promised he would do had been done. That means that we were saved from sin that means that God's love and grace had been given to them. And they also knew that that meant that it was time for them to get ready to go out and tell the whole world about Jesus. That's a big job, right? Yeah. 
but they were excited. They were full of joy. What, what makes you guys excited and full of joy? What kind of things makes you excited and full of joy? What kind of things? When you see your teacher... When we, okay. When we visit places we haven't been before? No, I, okay, go ahead. Being nice to people? Sure. So, something really important happens next week. Do you guys know what next Sunday is? Okay, what's next Sunday? Don't look at mommy for the answer. That's cheating. <laughs> Next Sunday is Pentecost Sunday. Do you know what that means? That is the day that we celebrate the church's birthday. Old. It's older than daddy. I'll borrow park it around 2,025 years. How's that? Well, the, the one that we're celebrating, the, we're focusing on, is, is a little over 2,000 years old, okay? No, the church isn't quite as old as God. God's been around forever. The church didn't start right away. But, so next Sunday is Pentecost Sunday, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, <clears throat> we, I don't know what the plans are yet. But again, it's another day full of joy, things we get excited about. So here's what I want you guys to do, okay? I want you guys to take some time and think about what things give you joy, what things make you happy and excited. And then this week... I want you to share that stuff with other people. Share that joy and excitement, okay? I know the school year's almost over. I know you're looking forward to summer. And I hope that we'll get to see you guys. You're not looking forward to summer? You like winter better? Oh, you like school, okay. Okay, hold on. But here's what I want you guys to do is, is to share some of those things that make you excited and full of joy and happy with, with somebody else, whether it's a, uh, someone in your family or someone in your friends, and just try and really enjoy all the time that you've got, okay? Enjoy the time you have left in school. Make, make those last couple of days as fun, as exciting as they can be. And then the summer, Make that time as fun as exciting as it can be. We're going to have the play days back on Wednesday, so I hope some of you guys will come back and hang out with us for that. And I want you to always, always, always remember that God loves you, and God wants us to be full of joy. Okay? Does that sound pretty good? All right, we got to do one more thing before you guys go off to Sunday school. Yes, the Lord's Prayer. We're going to do it all together. Are you guys ready? Can we fold our hands? All right, here we go. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. You guys are rock stars. Go have fun in Sunday school. And I will see you guys later. We'll continue with hymn number 154, All Hail the Power of Jesus' Name, verses 1 through 4. be seated. It is now time for our, our joys and concerns, and Teresa will, will have the microphone uh, to come around to you. I want to uh, start our joys and concerns uh, first with uh, prayers, remembering all of those who uh, have served our country um, and given their lives for our freedom. This is Memorial Day weekend, and we would not have a lot of things that we have in this country. We would not have a lot of the access, privileges, different things like that without the sacrifice of, of many people. And I know that pretty much everyone somewhere in their family has at least probably one person, if not more, who gave their life for the freedom of this country. So I ask that you please keep all of those people as well as their families in your prayers. Do we have other joys and concerns we'd like to raise up this morning? 
Well, I have a joy that I got to spend yesterday with uh, Emma Sue. She's fun to play with. Um, but also we had a couple of sad things this week. Uh, Nick is fine, but he got in a car accident and totaled his car. Um, and then yesterday when Stevie was over, she said that her dad Steve's house burnt to the ground on Friday. So a couple of sad things. And so keep them in your prayers. I would like prayers for a very close friend of ours, Bob Winkle. He's battling cancer, and he's going through a really tough time right now. Um, prayers for his whole family, his wife Donna, daughters Sherry and Laura. But Sherry also is battling cancer. She's starting radiation treatments. Her prognosis looks pretty good, but you know, cancer is cancer. So please pray for all of them, especially for Bob. Thank you. And I think I would want us to remember not just that family, but all of our family members and parishioners in this congregation, because I know a number of people are going through cancer therapy uh, right now. And so we pray for the um, good result of all of their treatments. I also would like to add uh, to our list uh, prayers for uh, my uncle, uh, my mom has one brother, my uncle. My dad's only a child, so he's my only, like, uncle, uncle, uh, who's going through some health issues, as well as uh, his mom, my grandmother, uh, who's also going through some health issues. Um, and I would like to lift up the joy of being out of the hospital, almost 100% healthy and back here with all of you. And the, and the joy of having so many... Uh, youth with us this morning. Um, that energy is infectious, um, and I hope some of it radiated back onto all of you as well. If you would turn to hymn number 177 for our call to prayer, He is Lord. also invite you to respond if you wish when you hear me say hear us O god i invite you to respond with the words your mercy is great let us pray for the church the world and all who are in need saying hear us O god your mercy is great we give you thanks for the community of faith throughout the world According to your compassion, holy God, guide your church to proclaim the gospel so that its wide-open door is apparent to everyone. Heal the great chasms that exist between your peoples. Help our leaders and teachers to shepherd us with wisdom. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. We give you thanks for nations and leaders. 
By your power, O God, inspire all people to insist on just economies and social structures. Prepare our young people to turn their zeal into peace. Unbind those who are discouraged and teach us all to persevere. Hear us, O God, your mercy is great. We give you thanks for all creation. Open our eyes and ears to see and know more about this earthly home which you have created for your joy and ours. Show us how to love the creatures and plants we would otherwise ignore and neglect. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Merciful Lord, we pray for those among your people here and throughout the world who are in trouble, the sick and hungry, those who are unjustly imprisoned and abused, children without shelter, adults without work. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Hear now the prayers of your people spoken silently in their hearts and minds. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. We give you thanks for the saints whose witness has nourished our faith throughout the ages. Their assurance in word and deed has fed us with the truth of your word. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Ascended Lord, we trust that you will hear our prayers and answer with what we need. We pray this in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, Mother, and Father of us all. Amen. If you would please join me aloud in our prayer for illumination. By the power of the Holy Spirit, open our minds to the word, your Son, who comes to us as one of us and ascends to the heavens to remain with us. Amen. Our first scripture reading this morning comes from the New Testament, uh, the book of Acts. And we know that the, the book of Acts is a record of all the acts of the apostles, and it's often called by that name. And it's felt that most of it is written by Peter and Paul. And the first 11 chapters today, or 11 verses today, speaks of Jesus being taken up into heaven. In my former book, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this commandment. 
do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift of my Father promised you, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand there looking into the sky? This same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. This is the word of the people, of the word of God for the people of God. Praise be to God. At this time, we will turn to page 312. Hail the day that sees him rise. If you are able to stand, I invite you, page 312. And I think we do all the verses. Yes. Okay.
may be seated. Our second reading for today comes from Luke's Gospel, chapter 24, verses 44 through 53, which you can find, hopefully, on page 1048 in the Bibles in the pews. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said to them, Thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And see, I am sending upon you what my father promised. So stay here in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple blessing God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. If you would please join me again in an attitude of prayer. God of all love and grace, you find joy when we show love and grace to others. You send messages of joy through angels and others' voices. And your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, found joy in many parts of the human experience and brought joy to so many throughout his life and ministry. It can be easy for us to get caught in the joyless times and activities in our lives. We ask that you would help us to find and see joy in our world and in the ministry work you call us to, making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts together in this place be pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, good morning again to everyone. As I said before, it is great to be back with all of you once again. And while I was well cared for, as I mentioned, at the University of Michigan Hospital, I would much rather be here with all of you. Again, thank you for your prayers and messages, and a special thank you to everyone who jumped in to help keep worship services going, bulletins being made and copied, and so forth. Not having to worry about everything and being able to focus on healing and rest was a blessing for me and also a reflection on all of you to pull together and continue moving on in my absence. So again, thank you to everyone for everything, and I am very glad to be out of the hospital and back in the pulpit. So let's get started now with our focus on the ascension of the Lord course, referring to Jesus and, and coming from our reading from Luke's gospel that I just read to you. Something that's really interesting 
about the Gospel of Luke is, is that it ends in the same place that it begins, in the temple. At the beginning of Luke's Gospel, we start in the temple with a priest named Zechariah, who was chosen to enter the sanctuary of the Lord. And while in the temple, Zechariah is visited by an angel who tells him that he and his wife Elizabeth will have the blessing of a son who would grow up to be John the Baptist, the precursor, the one who would prepare the way for Jesus and his ministry. The angel even tells Zechariah that he will have joy and gladness. And now here at the end of the Gospel of Luke, we have a kind of parallel story in some ways. It says, Then he led them as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple blessing God. Just like Zechariah, the disciples have great joy as they return to Jerusalem. And again, also like Zechariah, they were continually in the temple blessing God. So in both the beginning and the end of Luke's gospel, we find people with, with joy gathered in the temple. That can't be a coincidence, There has to be something of significance to these similarities, right? Well, I would argue that yes, there is something of significance to all of this. If we were to go back and and read through all of Scripture, or at least part of it, we would find that the temple is a place of worship, a, a sacred place where the presence of God is experienced. At the end of Luke, the Greek word for temple is hirion, which actually refers to the entire building that compromised the Jerusalem temple. And is best known, this word is never used figuratively. In verse 53, where it tells us that the disciples are in the temple blessing God, they are in a physical place of worship. They are in the same space that Zechariah inhibited, or inhabited, sorry, inhabited, when he received word about the birth, coming birth of John, his son. And, you know, hearing that, I, I kind of get a little bit of the shivers, like goosebumps. And the truth is that that Luke grasped the value of the temple as a place where the word of God could be heard and where God could be be worshipped. Even Jesus, that rebel and rabble-rouser who often was found to criticize aspects of the organized religion of the day and even denounced the scribes, even Jesus spent a great deal of time teaching in the temple. Sacred buildings are valuable to Jesus and to the followers of Jesus, which is why 
the beginning and ending of the Gospel of Luke includes blessings and joyful temple worship. And while I do not want this to be misunderstood, that the buildings in which we worship themselves should be worshipped, they do have value and significance. A challenge that many ministry leaders face is the group of the world who, who claims to be spiritual but not religious. It can be confusing to, to understand that designation. And it can mean different things to different people. But there is good news because we have a blessing to offer everyone, even that particular crowd. That blessing is one that begins with the blessing of Jesus Christ himself. In verse 50, where it says that Jesus blessed his followers, the root of the Greek word for blessed, I'm going to butcher this, I'm sorry, is eulogio, or something kind of like that. What it means, the important part, is it means to speak well of. So essentially, when Jesus is blessing his followers, he is speaking well of them and is praising them. But wait, there's still more. Because at the same time, his blessing is a request for God to help these people to prosper and to be happy. This takes on added significance because Jesus is is leaving them. The last words of Jesus before his ascension are a blessing, words of praise that ask for God to continue to show favor towards the disciples and the followers who were there. And in our world today, our congregation gathered here and really almost all others around the world, we are ministering in a world full of people who are in need of being blessed. That was one of the things that that kind of stuck with me early in my time in ministry. We talk about praying for people and wishing people well, but the idea of, of blessing others seems to have been kind of lost. You look through the Old Testament and there's constant message, uh, mention of of people blessing others in different ways, but it's something that doesn't seem to have really translated down the line through history. But we are in a world full of people who are in need of being blessed. Just look around or watch the news from neglected children to battered spouses to people who've been laid off from work to those struggling with healing and recovery and and so, so many more. The people inside and outside and around our churches need to be told that Jesus speaks well of them, that Jesus praises them, and that Jesus wants God to watch over and help them. I think, and I really hope, that most of us know what it feels like to enjoy someone's someone's favor. 
They say there is always a favorite child or grandchild, maybe. We're not supposed to tell them which one it is, but... But again, at least hopefully everyone knows what it is like to be the favorite of a grandparent or maybe a coach or a teacher, someone who kind of falls in that that realm. In this section of scripture, Luke is telling us that, that Jesus blesses all of his followers, turning us all into his favorites. And the power of this blessing is that it gives us the assurance that God is looking favorably on us, no matter what, what rejections and hardships we might encounter in day-to-day life. And since we, this church, this congregation, this community of faith, we have received Jesus' blessing, we should make it an intentional effort to share that blessing with everyone around us, speaking well of them and asking God to help them. Now, I want to be clear that we should never assume that as followers of Jesus, we are, are more blessed or more special than others who are not. We have really no way of knowing what other blessings Jesus has asked God for and whom for. What we do know we are told in scripture is that as followers of Jesus, he has spoken well of us and asked God to help us. And now it is our turn to do the same thing. And not just for the people who are here in worship on Sundays or on our membership roles, but for all people. And then in our story, once the followers are blessed— And Jesus has ascended. They go back to Jerusalem with great joy, like I was telling our youth about. And you know, joy almost always seems to arise when someone has been surprised by a gift of God. In the beginning of Luke, the angels predict this emotion, saying, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. And then at the end of the story, the disciples and followers are feeling great joy, not only in the birth of Jesus, but also in his resurrection from the dead and now his ascension into heaven. Here God has brought the work of Jesus to completion by giving his followers the gift of victory over sin and death. Can you imagine if that same joy was felt in our congregations? I mean, it it should be, to be honest. That joy should be felt throughout each person whenever we gather in our sacred spaces for worship. And our model is the disciples and the followers in that last verse of Luke who were continually in the temple blessing God. We bless or or speak well of God in our worship because we have discovered that God embraces all of us with endless love and grace. And we know that the Lord reaches out to 
everyone, even to once excluded foreigners and eunuchs, seeking to make them joyful in my house of prayer, a house of prayer for all people, as it is written in Isaiah chapter 56, verse 7. Throughout the entire long arc of this biblical narrative, God desires to expand the circle of inclusion and to welcome people in ways that will not merely accept them, but will make them joyful. We see that first in the servant of the Lord in Isaiah, who becomes a light to the nations. And then the circle widens when Jesus becomes a friend of tax collectors and sinners. And finally, the apostle Paul goes beyond the people of Israel to share the good news of salvation with Gentiles. The message of God's acceptance creates joy, which, which means that a spiritual jubilation should always be included in our services of worship or at least as appropriate given the liturgical calendar and their scriptural focus for a given day. The Gospel of Luke begins and ends with blessings and joyful temple worship. And the ministry of our congregation here and of all congregations across the globe should follow this pattern as well. It should follow it as we receive the blessing of Jesus and offer worship that is grounded in the grace and love of God. It should follow it as we should turn and bless others, whether those a part of our faith community or not, but bless others by speaking well of them and asking God to help them. That is another way that we can show God's amazing love and grace to all the world. And it is the call that Jesus has placed upon every heart of those who already know his love and sacrifice. I pray that even though we may not be able to have joyful temple worship every single day, but I pray for the days that when you are here, that your worship will be joyful and that you will share the blessings of God with all that you encounter. Amen. If you would rise as you are able for our closing hymn, number 370, Victory in Jesus.